Smartcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. With the Baker's Plus card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement. Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity of presenting special guest Lee Hopkins to the show today. Our guest is a podcaster, life coach, and blogger. Lee is also a trans man. For several years, Lee didn't have any supportive people in his life. And while he tried to maintain lasting relationships and friendships, in most cases, our guest was very lonely. Over time, Lee managed to overcome loneliness by learning to love himself, especially after he transitioned. Our guest has turned his discoveries into a coaching big business where Lee helps people make and maintain meaningful friendships. It's a great pleasure I welcome Lee Hopkins to the show. Welcome to the show, Lee. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate you inviting me here and I'm glad to be here and I can be entertaining too. I help entertain people. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that for a fact. I'm going to say this. I will say off camera before we start introduction and, and start our interview. I'm really excited about having you on the show today. I think it's so important to share your perspective, your viewpoint, your voice with my audience. And I want to ask you in terms of where you are right now, how did you first start your journey as a trans man? So how did I first start my journey? First of all, I had to discover the fact that I was trans man. And that sounds weird. Like <laughs> yeah. who doesn't know what they are. <laughs> but it was a discovery based on my experiences in the world. So I had to have my own experiences and connect with people and feel how the world felt to me. So that's all vague. What I mean to say, I'm going to put it in terms where I can share my story, maybe that I hope you understand a little more of discovery, like, oh, Eureka, this is me. 
And we all go on this kind of journey that leads us to discover who we are deep down inside. So that's why I shared my story. I started off at a, in a small town in Ohio. I grew up in a small town in Ohio, and I really was not able to connect with the people there. And I always thought that it was their problem. It was nothing to do with me, had nothing to do with me. It was their problem. I wasn't able to connect because I was too sophisticated or this just wasn't right for me and so forth. So I go to college, had an opportunity to go to college away from my hometown. And boom, I find myself an amazing new group of people. And I'm hoping to have all these wonderful experiences and become my authentic self. Because in old town, at this time, I just didn't have the space to be myself. And I go to this new place, these new people, blue hair, different place, different cities, different states, all these places. And here I go. And I still feel like I am not able to connect with them. I'm not able to be who I am. And I'm still discovering what it is that makes me, makes me want to be able to be open and connect to the people. So after that, I decided, wow, the entire state of California, the state of Ohio is a bum state. Okay. It's wrong. And I need to leave. So I had an opportunity to leave and move to California and thinking California is a bigger state. There's more people, there's more culture. It was going to be amazing. And I could have an opportunity to reinvent myself there. I did. I reinvented myself. People hardly knew me. And I actually created uh, this karaoke kind of thing where I lived in the central Valley of of, uh, California Anybody's familiar with the Modesto area? It's nowhere near, nothing like LA or, or San Francisco, but it's a whole entity of itself. I had a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I met new people. I shared, I created this whole venue where people knew me. I was like a mini celebrity. I'll go into the bars and people have the drinks ready. They, they high five me. They say, hey, great song and, and all that stuff. It was like, I felt that I was accepted, but I really wasn't. There was something missing. And at this point in time, I just want to share with you that I, in this, at this point in time, I am presenting as female. So I haven't transitioned. I'm actually dating women. I've decided that this, that was comfortable for me. And that wasn't the coming out that I needed, but everything in California still felt wrong. Fake. I wasn't being my authentic self and some reflection and some time. And I thought, well, what I'm really hiding is being trans. That's what I was really hiding. And I thought that was the piece that I needed, but I didn't have the language for it. And I didn't know if it was okay to share with the people. I didn't even give them an opportunity, this karaoke scene. I didn't give them an opportunity to even know that about me because I was so sure that I was going to be rejected. So I had an opportunity there to leave the entire state of California. Okay. There's a trend here where I'm just leaving everything that I think is going to reject me. And I moved to Chicago. And then Chicago is where I had this opportunity to meet the people who gave me the language to speak what it was that I was missing, what I was feeling. And I thought that I'd really be connected, had an opportunity to reinvent myself once again. No one in Chicago knew who I was. No one in Chicago knew me as female. And I step in and I, I transition and I meet all these wonderful people in the queer scene who helped me through this. And it was about the time that Caitlyn Jenner was coming out. So it's more acceptance nationally about this issue, more visibility around it. And I thought, this is it. Jason, I'm going to be the person I'm going to be that it was meant to be in this field. And I'm going to share that with the world, except I still felt so very lonely <laughs> because I didn't want to share that with anybody. I wanted to really hide that. I really wanted to hide it and be a, a stealth trans man, which means that you wouldn't be able to tell 
unless I actually told you. Like I would try and fit all the mannerisms that cis men do and the way cis men behave so that I could be undetected. But that just left me unfulfilled in a personal, intimate connection with other people. And that's why I realized that, okay, something's wrong here and I have to, to fix this. I have to change this. I just, the answer is not running away. It's not going from Ohio to California to Chicago and the little places in between, running from group to group in between. There was something that I was doing and that's how I got into my coaching business was figuring that out. Well, a couple of things. I got goosebumps as you were just talking about meaning spiritual stuff. I talk spiritual stuff on this show and I'm on yes. intuitive. So as you're sharing your experiences, my spirit guides are telling me like, you're on the right path for yourself. And hearing you struggle, I can imagine thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, or who knows how many, because we a lot of people in, in our country can keep things to themselves. And my heart goes out to you to think that you had to go from Ohio to California to Chicago to find the language you needed to figure out where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And from my vantage point, the language it represents ideas. It represents identity. And I'm so happy that you're on your true path now, that you're a trans man and that you're proud and you're able to come on podcasts, talk about it, talk about your business. You took something that a lot of people struggle with and you're using it to empower others in general society, not just trans people, but everyone. And I want to commend you for that because I don't know if I was a trans person, how I would deal with that. I I think we all do, unless we're in your shoes it's hard to know those particular steps you got to take, but I have to say, I have the utmost respect for everything you're doing right now. And I love the fact that you're empowering because I'm all about turning things from uncertainty to certainty, from fear and being depressed about things to doing what you can to make the best of the situation. But you're also leading, you're a trailblazer. That respect, if I had a hat on, it would go off. (laughs) Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that because it's taken quite some time to get there and even to to look myself in the mirror and say, hey, you did a great job. And it's really nice to have that affirmation from outward too. I'll say this. And we're not making it all just about you being a trans man, obviously. But yeah. And I wanted to have somebody come on to represent trans issues on the show. And, and just the fact that you happen to be a life coach that's going through these circumstances in your personal story is inspiring to me. Oh, cool. I want to ask you this. When you were a child, how did you struggle with your identity? And what did you, what do you recall steps you took to navigate the challenges associated with growing up and going through these issues? Okay. Yeah. So that's a good question. I think that this one, we, I think that we might think about this question because I'm like trans and the awareness of being trans didn't come to me until later in my twenties, sexuality and all that stuff and gender didn't really come to me until, I don't know what, Let's say gender and sexuality are different. Of course, we know that they're different. So sexuality didn't come to me until, I don't know, late teens. Like that yeah. wasn't something that was visible to me or in, in my consciousness. But gender was, and it started to appear around the time that I was hitting puberty. Oh man, this is this doesn't feel right. And this doesn't, I guess this is what I have to do. I guess that's what my body's going to do, but I don't like any of it. It doesn't feel right for me. And I can say I grew up running around in the streets and climbing trees and 
playing tag and jumping fences, getting dirty, playing in the puddles and stuff like that. And who knows if that had some kind of effect on my person and my gender. So I would want to say that that's what shaped me. And that's what made me want to transition in the future. I don't know how to put the language to that to make it really easily understood that, oh, well, this is something that I just recognized was part of my identity, rather than there are some things that have happened to me in, in my past that have shaped why I think and feel the way I do about being trans today, why I transitioned, because there are a plethora, there are so many women who have grown up running in the streets and jumping in puddles and stuff like that, and have not transitioned, not a thought about it at all. Just, just never been a thing for them, but it, it has been for me. And it says something about my spirit in my journey, rather than anything about anyone else. It is about me and my journey. I don't know if I answered your question yeah. quite, but uh, absolutely, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't quite know until I, I felt like something was wrong and I just didn't have the language for it. When you discuss language, the meaning of language and understanding it, how did you learn the language that you needed to in order to identify as a trans man and transition? It came to me as pictures first, which was interesting because I would swim, I would like scroll through Facebook and Instagram at the time. I think this was like 2014, 15, something like that, when they were really popular. And I would scroll through them and I would see some pictures about being trans. I remember this one in particular where there's a woman and she's looking in a mirror and there's a man who was transitioned standing back, staring back at her. And I remember saving that picture on my little flip phone, <laughs> my Verizon flip phone on my razor. I remember saving that picture and looking at that and thinking, this is, I don't know what's happening here, but this looks right. This looks right for me. And I didn't get the language to what that exactly was until some years later when I moved to Chicago. But it was, I think the language is super important because we talked before about manifesting and about how we, we pull things towards us. And I didn't know that was what I was looking for until I, and then I saw it and I didn't know how to, to say what it was until I heard other people talk about what it was. And I, that's how I got the language for it. And now I can speak about my, my journey. Now that I know what the language was for it, I can start talking about what it was in the past and questions what you asked helped me bring that stuff to my, my awareness. Like, this is my journey and speak it so that other people can say, oh, yeah, I feel the same way. This is my journey. Interestingly, I'd like to know as you're going through these processes of living in these different cities, did you have other trans friends that you got to know? And did anyone mentor you besides learning language? Were you given an opportunity to have someone to help you through the process of what you were dealing with? Yeah. And I thinking about that was a, that's a question that no one has ever asked me. And boom, there's some interesting things that I haven't thought about in a long time that pop right up. So in Ohio, there was a, a man who transitioned from male to female. And that was the first time I ever heard of it. And so this was way back before I moved to California. It didn't even stay there as something that I needed to do. That's interesting. I remember them being very intelligent, very good at things that I wanted to be good at. And I also honestly, absolutely thought, why would you want to do that? Because I wanted 
because I guess I wanted their body. So I'm like, why would you do that? (laughs) Not to judge them on their journey, but that was just envy on my part, like subconsciously, you know? And so that didn't come to me until you just just (laughs) mentioned that. No, they didn't mentor me on my journey or anything. They were, I had uh, very accepting friends who just went with the flow. They were just like, yeah, this is what it is, huh? Cool. But if I don't like your personality, I don't like your personality. Not because you're gay, not because you're black, not because LGBT, (laughs) none of that stuff. And so I had friends like that. And so are people that I connected with, but I still couldn't, Jason, so much is coming back to me, but I still couldn't be my authentic self around those people. So no, no mentorship in Ohio and California, the same, no mentorship. I don't believe that I met many trans people there. I was just on the queer scene and I met some people and in the bars, but no, no mentorship really until I got to California or Chicago where there was a whole group just designed to help people through the transition, medically, uh, financially, physically, emotionally, all that. How did you find the LGBTQ community in terms of your journey going from three different places? I know how you talked about Ohio, mm-hmm. but in terms of California and Chicago, what type of uh, response or did you receive when you were open about being a trans man in the LGBT community, especially in Chicago, because that's where you transitioned. Yeah. So I've been in Chicago for about seven years now. And I transitioned just about, I don't know, six months after I I hit the ground here. So I found the language for that and everything. But I found that there's still, there's the LGBT and the T is just out there. There's a cis, there's a cis versus trans thing. And within the community, I've discovered too. It's like, all right, now that I'm a trans man, it's not that I'm accepted as a a cis man. And on the gay scene, just because there's still this hierarchy, it seemed that there there are trans men who are looked down upon because they may not have a bottom surgery and they're not able to to be the same as, as cis men. And so there's this kind of disconnect between the two communities. That's what I have discovered and my own thing. And honestly, being so late in the transition, like uh, late mid thirties, when I transitioned early thirties, I was tired of the scene, honestly, like the scene as in going out and having drinks and flirting with people. And that's how we meet. I'm, I'm ready to, to sit down and talk and have a conversation over coffee or tea or, or play some board games or something that's more tame. So me, making connections on the scene and knowing a lot about what's happening in the scene just wasn't, I just wasn't uh, my thing. I understand that. When you were dealing with your earlier steps in terms of before you transitioned, when you were dealing with your loneliness and isolation, what steps did you take to overcome that in terms of the thoughts that were going through your mind or just feeling like you couldn't connect with somebody because you weren't ready to? How did you deal with that struggle? And what did you, what would you recommend to any anyone in our audience who might be dealing with something similar at this point in their lives where they don't have the language yet and they're listening to this episode for the first time? What steps would you give them to help them directly deal with self, such isolation and loneliness themselves? Yeah, that's a good question, Jason. Self-discovery, you're so welcome. Self-discovery is it. Like, I think that on my journey, I've discovered that there are three different kinds of connections that we make in life. There's a connection with me, with yourself, 
just yourself. There's a connection with you. That's me and one other person. And then there's a connection with we. That's me and a group, the society or something like that. And so all these connections start with me. So discovering what I like, what I don't like, what I want and what I don't want, what I will stand for and what I won't stand for has helped me understand myself. And what that does is create a foundation for us, for me, to connect with other people because it's much easier to go in a place and say, this is what I want and this is what I don't want. And if you can do this for me, then great, you can stay in my life. If you can't, if you're going to hurt me, because I know things, I know there are things that I never want you to see and never want you to do. If you do those things, I'm going to let you go. It made it a lot easier for me to be confident in connecting with people. So how do we make those, that's that goal and that self-discovery journey was all about learning what you want to do and what you don't want to do, learning about yourself. And that means trying a bunch of stuff. That's what I did. I tried a bunch of stuff and it sounds so vague. It sounds so out there, but really I did things and I checked on the results to make sure I got what I wanted. So one of the things I noticed was that I'm going to karaoke and I love karaoke and I was hanging out with people, making friends, shutting the bar down after 4 a.m. bars. I would be able to, I connected the bartenders, we're shutting the bar down and I'm staying out with them, talking to them. And I thought that was what I really wanted. But then as soon as I stopped drinking, all that stuff goes away. Like all the people on that scene went away and I felt lonely again. Okay, that being on the bar scene is not what I wanted to make connections, something I wasn't going to do. So I'll try something else. Try going to a comedy club. I had the same thing happen because what's the difference? The difference was, is that they're a comedy club, but I'm still not connecting with people and there's alcohol there. Let me try something that doesn't involve alcohol and see where that takes me. And it's about looking at those things. So I, I joined the club Toastmasters. It was international speaking club. I met a lot of fun people there and I connected with people. I, I talked to them outside of the club and things like that happened. So just looking at what you're doing and paying attention to the results and being able to really let go when you really, really realize it's not working for you. So it gives you the language for what you want to do. Like I know that if I go to a place and there's alcohol, most likely I won't make a connection with people because I just haven't before in the past. And so why not? I always tell myself, go try something new and different and see if you'll get a different result instead of this one that you may be disappointed with and have been disappointed with in the past. What is your greatest struggle with being a trans man and why? My greatest struggle with being a trans man is I have to lie to you with this one. I'm like, I don't know. What is my greatest struggle? <laughs> my greatest struggle is, I guess, I would say dating, but I don't, I haven't dated in a while, but I would say that would be it because I thought that it was hard enough to just be a person and find the right person. There's be just being connected on a level that's not really physical, just talking to each other, sharing oh, yeah. common interests, and all that stuff that people go through. And now there's this added element to, okay, now I have this intimacy thing that I have to share with them. When do I do that? And I would say that even extends beyond the transition or the, it even extends beyond 
the intimacy part where it also involves friendships. I'll tell you a quick story where I was on the scene. I was out in Chicago visiting a comedy club and I decided I am going to meet people. I'm going to change my mindset. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to talk to somebody and it doesn't have to be not going to be romantic, whatever. I just need to have a conversation. I just need to be mindful. I just need to connect. I meet a guy. He's super cool. We start talking and he has a drink. I have a drink and we're chatting away. And he mentions that he's never seen a trans person before. He doesn't understand the process or why anyone does that for any, for any reason. And you know what? This is a great opportunity. I'm going to clear this up for them. I'm going to do your favor, bro. And I'm going to tell you that I'm trans. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> his, his eyes bugged out. Cartoon style. <laughs> Boom. Bugged out. And he dropped his jaw and he put his drink down. No more words left his mouth and he left. He disappeared. He's like gone. I shocked him. Scared. Totally. Completely confused him. And I can only tell you this story now because I have dealt with the rejection that was for me, but it felt like that if I would open myself up and reveal that I'm trans, if I would do that, then people would react that way. Maybe they wouldn't do it so visibly, but I think I thought always that, oh no, if I do that, they're going to be, they're going to reject me. They're not going to know what to do. They're going to ask me a bunch of questions. They're going to blah, blah, blah. All kinds of doomsday scenarios would go through my head after a while. And then I realized that it's not such a bad thing. It really it shortens. It really helps me understand who is with me or who is interested or who I can connect with and who can't, who just can't handle me. And I don't need to waste my time and energy. We don't need to waste their time and energy on making this thing happen. So I'd say that gauging exactly when is the right time to share that information about me being trans is important. Do I never share it with some people? Now I'm on podcasts and I'm going to be world famous. So I think everybody's going to know. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> but the, it's like, when do I share that with other people? That really saddens me that you had to go through that. And I say that with the perspective of I'm real big on mental health awareness and everything from the last few years, dealing with your own struggles internally and trying to be, just be accepted and loved and date and be social. And then you have people that are just not understanding because they have to evolve and, and expand their paradigms and learn their language, learn the language that that frustrates me because we're in 2022. And our society has all these culture wars going on between abortion and LGBTQ and all these other things happening. And then you as a person and an individual is trying to live your life like everyone else. Yeah, and you're yeah. just trying to enjoy what is given to you. And you've transitioned and you're living as an as a openly proud trans man and to not receive the support you need and the love you need. And, and that that's where we, we as a society have to hold up our end of the bargain with you. We need to do more to, to be able to help people understand this isn't something you run away from. This isn't something that you're going to like, I don't even want, I, 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 the words just escape my mind with somebody who doesn't understand this stuff. I'm learning too in the world. We all learn every day. I asked you a few questions, just the right terms to use for the interview. Cause I want to make sure that I had someone on a few, I had two very close people in my life on to talk about gender pronouns in January, my goddaughter and my best friend from high school. And they came on and explained things. And I learned a, a tremendous amount mm -hmm. from that episode. 
And I feel like talking to you today is just a truly um, monumental opportunity for me as a podcast to present your information, not only to me, but our audience. And I think we're all learning at the same time to hear these point of views and perspectives. And so from my vantage point, mental health's massive. It's important. It's, it, we have to be aware of our mental health. What steps did you take to keep yourself balanced and grounded when you deal with these kind of moments? Like, how do you go home that night? Do you like call a friend? Do you meditate? Do you reflect on it and say, it's not, a, it's nothing about me. It's them. How do you, you know, manage these things? At that time, I had a couple more beers and <laughs> I was pretty upset. I felt really small and rejected. And I felt like, man, this is my life. This is what my life has been since Ohio through California. And now here in Chicago, even after my transition, I cannot be my authentic self because I will not be accepted. And after I, I was also in counseling and therapy at this time. So that's where I learned to see that this wasn't so bad. This was, this is where I, I started to understand like, all right, this guy, there are two people in the conversation. This guy clearly didn't have the language to even speak about how he felt. He couldn't put those into words about that to me. So there was something completely new that just blew his top off. So then I don't have to fix that. I'm not obligated to chase after that, to change that, to make it so that there's somebody that I can be connected to. That's a huge favor because neither of us wants to do that. And I realized also that now that I have this breathing space, just go find someone else. I checked myself and realized that I didn't die. I'm okay. I'm still alive. Now I can go and do something else. And it was actually talk therapy and conversations with other people, giving me that different point of view that helped me see that there's light in these situations. And that's basically what I want to share with other people too. There's always something to be grateful for practicing gratitude. So I didn't have mindfulness and meditation, didn't even have the gratitude in my language box. When that event happened, I just know that well, gratitude helps me look at things in a different point. And it's not being happy about what has occurred. It's about looking for the lesson in it and what can I learn or what, how can I benefit from it? I, I find that very interesting. You say that too, because I think it's, it's, the spiritual aspects of things with mindfulness, meditation, mm -hmm. gratitude. I love the way you just said that, because I think finding the gratitude, it's a silver lining of the situation. It gives you the opportunity of looking at life and saying, you know what, there's people who I may not connect with right away, but that's not yeah. going to be, that's not slowing me down. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to have gratitude for who I am. I'm gratitude. I'm grateful for the fact that I can live and, and stand in my shoes proud and be a trailblazer. Cause that's what you are right now. You're a trailblazer. I think the fact that you mentioned off record, you've been on 20 podcast interviews so far is massive. That's great. We need visibility on these things, not only in the spiritual community, but in all aspects of society. And I think the fact that you're going about sharing your knowledge and your life experience with different podcasters is one of the best ways to help society directly learn about this without having to be on going to the TV or social media. It's like direct conversation. Yeah, and I appreciate absolutely. that about you. How did you, since this is a spiritual show, how did you, how did you find your spiritual way? What did you do to develop your spiritual practice for yourself? Wow. That came sometime after becoming the trans. So then let's say late last year, late last year, uh, two, 
2020. Okay. That, I think, I think everybody has done something in 2020 <laughs> that has yes. allowed them to get some stillness and get to connected to the spiritual self, this quiet, this quietness that we all need instead oh, of having absolutely. elevated vibrations of everything moving all at once, all the time, no opportunity to think COVID just slowed everybody down and had an opportunity. And so that's where things had started to change for me too. My diet had changed and I had started just looking at things differently, like looking for different things for stimulation. Cause now I had the time. Now I had the, the opportunity. I didn't have to commute to work anymore. So boom, all that time just flows, flew right back at me. Yeah. So in 2020, everybody tried to do something different and I was doing something different too. I had all this time returned to me because I didn't have to commute. So I tried, I actually created my podcast and then I tried listening to other podcasts and I got on TikTok and I got in the spiritual uh, way of TikTok and started just getting new concepts and ideas that entered into my consciousness about what it meant to be connected and I also discovered that just talking to other people and looking for what I wanted, that I think everyone wants to be understood. And what I mean is that they're not looking to just have you shake your head and say, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but they really want you to, to demonstrate that you understand this experience that they have had. What has it been like? with COVID and so many people have been connected through that because they can relate to that absolute lost and lonely feeling that they have just being in their place alone or being around a bunch of people that they can't share themselves with, feeling stuck, feeling trapped. Everyone can talk about that one thing and everyone can understand exactly what it means. And we want that for a bigger look at ourselves. We want that for more things than just being lonely. We want that feeling when we're celebrating things. We want that feeling when we're in anger. We want people to understand us deep down to our core. That's what helped me on my spiritual journey. That's what helped me understand in my spiritual journey, like being less focused on what I know and more curious about what another person knows and letting them share that with me and reflecting that back to them. And that is a spiritual connection right there. That is part of my spiritual journey where I know that's what I meant. That's what I meant to do for the rest of my life is help people feel seen, heard, and understood, and also teach people how to do that for others. I love that. The fact that you can address isolation and loneliness, the two biggest things that the planet dealt with aside from the virus and death, and despair, especially we're all hopefully coming out of this pandemic permanently that, you know, COVID won't be what it was even in January with new peaks and cross our fingers. Cross our fingers absolutely. From the time of this recording in May. But I want to ask you about your family or close friends in your life before you transitioned. How supportive were they when you made the decision to transition? And what do you share with our audience in terms of that period of your life? We weren't really very connected. Again, I was just hiding. So every what I discovered in counseling and therapy is that, oh man, every time I got around new people, there was something that I decided I would not share because I realized that they would hate me for it. And no matter what it was. So it was the unawareness of me being trans, but it might've been when I was a kid, it might be, well, I like girls as a female presenting as female, I like girls. So now I can't share that or I can't share how smart 
I, I think I am because people make fun of me, you egghead, or I can't share, I can't talk. I can't talk to people because the way I speak isn't black enough. Things like that have just kept me separated and kept me quiet and kept me hiding things. So supportive of me, not really. People around me supportive of me, they didn't really know me. And I didn't really, I couldn't imagine them being supportive of me, even if they in their heart of hearts would have been. I couldn't imagine they would be because I only saw that they didn't like me because of a list of reasons that I've already had people dislike me for. I already assigned that to them. So supportive, not really. After I transitioned though, and after I moved away and I talked to my family, they're like, I guess, I don't understand why you're doing this, but I guess. And still I get that. Like they, they will use my name as it is now, Lee, when they are nice, when it, when they feel cool about me, but in moments of anger, they will bring up all that hurtful stuff and they'll throw it in my face. And I'll be like, hey, this is your dead name. This is the name that you had before you transitioned. And we're going to address you as she, and we're going to say all kinds of mean things to you because that's just the way it is. So it's, it's supportive to an extent. My connection with my family around this hasn't really been the easiest, hasn't been the easiest. And I have to say though, that a moment ago, I said, it's all about understanding and we all want to be understood. And I can absolutely understand why they feel the way they do. And that has given me peace. That has given me ability to understand that I don't need to get upset about this because it's not about me. It's really not about me. And the only thing I need to do is understand that this is my truth and throwing it in my face isn't going to change the fact that it's true. It just won't. So I don't have to be mad about that. I don't have to be angry. I just choose not to. I can be curious about why they feel that way and, and hear their point of view if they're ever willing to share that. But supportiveness in the face of being trans, I don't know. It's like a dirty little secret that if I get mad at you, I can throw it in your face. <laughs> but I mean, I want to share that because it's, it's... It's not unconditional not, love, though. Yeah. It's not unconditional. There's conditions attached to it. When we're upset with you, we're going to call you she. When we're upset with you, we're going to call you by your dead name. But yeah. when we like you, we'll call you Lee. It's, it's okay. So what do I get to do when I'm frustrated with you? What do I get to call you? I know you have to accept that they're going to act that way. But all you're looking to do is just be loved with unconditional love with no strings attached as to what limits, how they view you or they project their own insecurities onto you. And that's just wrong. Well, Jason, this is what I I think about love, though. I I like to just I know that they're my family and I might be working hard to try and defend them here. But I would definitely do this for other people, too. It's the my my definition of love and the way I look at love. It's the understanding, the demonstration that I understand how you feel. And I recognize that it is not about me. Like when people speak to you, when people say anything, when people show their tears and people show their anger and people show their happiness, they are trying to imprint that upon you. They want you to feel the way they feel. What they really want you to do is understand the way they feel. And if you can demonstrate that, then then you've made that connection and you've shown that love. And some people just don't know how to do that. Their brand of love 
is to yell and scream and shout and just be and call that passion and get it out of the way because they've been raised to that's the if they show that then they know how the other person feels and the other person is going to reflect that back to them and, and get all angry and stuff and boom they understand each other and they walk away that's how they they show their love and i think we can use the language to speak about it instead of saying dead name, you're a bad person, all these kind of bad things about you. Instead of saying things like that, you could say, hey, I'm, I'm angry and I'm frustrated because of this action that you've done. And I want you to feel upset. I want you to feel hurt. I want you to feel low. It's so much easier to say that without invoking, trying to invoke that feeling because boom, I understand how you feel. I understand why you feel that way. And I'm not spinning out in my own head being angry just like you are. No, we can refocus and we can work on what it is that makes that anger or makes that sadness. And so what I think is that's their brand of what it means to love, which is yeah. <laughs> love light. Yeah. I'm now here trying to make it so that people can use that language instead of instead of being angry instead of showing the frustration instead of trying to invoke the emotion explain how they're feeling and why how freeing is it for you right now to be where you're at have your life coaching business doing your creative projects and showing up on podcasts what's that like for you right now man it's awesome Dude, it's so awesome because i always thought that people didn't want to hear what i had to say but Dude, people do want to hear what i absolutely. have to say and i'm like what <laughs> there, needs to be, there needs to be a voice for this there needs to be more visibility there needs to be it needs to get to the point where it's not i got goosebumps as i say this where it's not so much of a notoriety to have you be able to talk about being a trans man and a life coach and a podcaster and a blogger you can share your experiences and society will hopefully come along and be like okay i know someone who's trans i know someone who's struggling i would love to see that day in my lifetime and i'm 46 so we'll see but the things that have been going on recently, who knows? But I'm very optimistic that things will change in the better direction because we got Gen Z, we got the millennials and Gen X and even the baby boomers. I think there's people in society that are more accepting than we realize the mainstream silent majority of society, as they call playing on words. Mm -hmm. And I think over time, as the visibility increases, I think it's going to it's going to really make a difference. And I think you're leading that right now, your path. Your journey, your life experience is all coming together for you right now to help take others on this journey. And it's not just about dealing with being a trans man, but it's about having real authentic relationships with others. And when you mentioned the struggles of dating, I'm thinking, yeah, I struggle with dating too. And a lot of my friends struggle with dating in their lives. We all struggle and we're all looking for the same thing. We want that really strong, lasting connection. We want to be loved and loved back, and we don't want to deal with anyone's bullshit. Pardon my friend. I don't need your curse on my show. And I, I have to say, though, it's not that complicated if you don't make it complicated. And I want to ask about your life coaching business. How did you take all these experiences of what you've gone through that we've been talking about and decide, I want to be a life coach? I remember this. I, I do remember the very first feeling, the very first time I was validated and my feelings were validated, which means that whatever you are experiencing and how you feel about the experience, you're justified in having that experience based on everything you just told me. I remember having that feeling of being validated and being like, wow, I'm right. I don't have to argue. 
don't have to argue about this. I'm expecting to argue. I don't have to. And this feels okay. This feels great. This feels great. And I learned how to do that skill. And I started doing with other people and I started making connections. I started discovering more about me and how I wanted to be treated and about like how it is to have someone who genuinely understands you. I was just like, I've got to tell everybody. I've got to tell everybody right now. So I decided that is what I needed to do. And I started the life coaching aside from my personal, my, my nine to five. And then I started doing life coaching full time because that feeling of being connected is what we're all searching for. And man, I can't keep that to myself. I just can't. We are all one. We're all one. That's a fact. Yes. And uh, spiritually, I say we're all one as well. I want to ask you this. Share with our audience if anyone wants to reach out to you directly, because I I would think that there's going to be people in our audience that are going to love talking to you and want to get more perspective from you and, and just learn everything that you can offer them. Oh, yeah, definitely. You can reach out to me at patternsofpossibility.com slash more possibility. There I have uh, 10 tips to making genuine, uh, meaningful conversations. And I also have a free course, Understanding Connections, which basically is you know, how do we connect with each other and all the basics that you need to know. Um, I also have some other courses that you can find at patternsofpossibility.com slash more possibility. And you can find me on all social media at Patterns of Possibility, just any of them because there's so many out there. I've marked, I made my mark on all of them, I'm sure. But at patternsofpossibility.com slash more possibility is where you can reach me. I'd love to hear from you all. If you have any questions or comments, or concerns, I'd just love to hear about your own experiences as well. Patterns of possibility. As you said the words, I, I feel very strongly it's going to go well for you in terms of your branding and getting your position out there and your vantage points, I think it's a great branding for yourself. I love, wow. I love the play on words, like patterns of possibility. It just seems so powering, empowering and positive and powerful. <laughs> Not the play on the letters, <laughs> the alliteration of the PPP, I right? I love this alliteration, I do. It's alliteration. My, my English teacher from high school loved me, but it's our eighth grade, whichever you look at. But I think it's real when you think about it. When I'm looking, and I got goosebumps as you were talking about, I really do think you're going to write a book. And you're going to write a book about your life experience at some point. I think you're going to grow in this uh, personal development, spirituality thing. I think you're going to go from life coaching. You're actually more intuitive than you realize. Because for you to be able to be as creative as you are and to take all these things that you were given and turn them into blessings, it's there's an intuition there. There's a creative download process that's helping you. And I think with all the gifts God's given you, you're going to go very far. And I know for a fact, I'm going to hear about you on other podcasts. And I encourage you strongly to pursue your own podcast and anything I can do to promote or support it. I would love to do that. I believe and share with our, I know right now you took a little break from the podcast, but can you share with us? That's also called patterns of possibility, right? Yeah, it is. It is. And I'm over here blushing. I'm like, wow, it's, <laughs> It's so wonderful to actually hear somebody reflect in these things that may be doubtful inside, even though I'm moving on with my journey. But it's so nice to have someone like say, this is what I believe back to me out loud. I don't have to say it, but somebody can just look at me and say, this is, I see how you're getting this far. I see how this is for you are doing the thing that you set out to do. And I can see it so clearly myself. Like somebody said, you're saying that to me. It blows me away. and. I, I, I enjoy it. I do. I mean, your energy, I, I tune into your energy. I see creative downloads. I see that you're an empath. I see you're intuitive. I think your empathic abilities helps you to help 
have the authentic side of yourself and, and trying to get people to learn how to be authentic with not only themselves, but with one another, having lasting relationships deeper than just a superficial, let's go meet at a bar yeah. and let's have a drink and move on to something else. You're really doing connections. You're going to have real love in your, your life. I see that in your future as well. And I can't wait to hear about that in the future because you're going to have a lasting connection because of the stuff you're doing right now, the work you're putting in for yourself and for others. Thank you so and much. I'm very... On the podcast note, though, there's an episode, All Fakes Are Fools, All Fakes Are Not Fools, and Other Things That Are True. That's the podcast, basically, where I talk about how I made this transition and how I decided to open up. And I share it in a story form. So I, I make a story and I have some creative sound design behind it. So it's very entertaining. It's like my best episode, or most downloaded episode, rather. So Congratulations. go find that. Yeah, check that out. And you can find out a lot more about me. And I hope that you can see yourself in it. Thank you, Jason, so much for all of your assurance. I didn't know that I would come here and be seen so much like that, but I really do appreciate I, it. I got to admit, I get a little emotional sometimes talking about this stuff because I feel the energy and I can tell you like the authenticity that you have is so sincere and being real sometimes you're being vulnerable and you're exposing yourself in such a way that you have to hope that there's other people in your life that are going to grasp the magnitude of the positive things you're trying to do with your life. You're just trying to live who you are. You're not trying to do anything against society. Like society's got to support this hundred percent. We need to make permanent inroads so that this isn't going to have your journey is what it is, but it's not going to be repeated over in future generations. We, that would be despicable to see that we're in 2022 and someone like yourself is sharing your story now. And 10 years from now, I could have another guest come on if I still do podcasts and God willing, I do. That's going to be sharing a similar experience to the 2020s and 2030s. We need to really, as a society, understand this stuff and just really stamp out negativity about acceptance. It's not that hard to accept and love and share and be real. And that's what I really think you're connecting. And that's all that your life coaching is such a great career choice for you. Because I was telling you off the record, I'm not in law right now, but I was telling you before we started interview, our interview, how I've a big journey for me is I'm on my own journey to become a life coach. I love it. All I do is take the test and then I'm certified. Yeah. And I love I, the thing that I love the most about being a life coach is having the ability to practice life coaching on yourself when you go through the process and someone can life coach you. And I've learned as a client to a, a life coach, uh, trainee like myself, another student in my course, or when I did it for others, I find that you see both sides of it. And it, it does help you as a tool, be authentic to yourself because you get to arrive at your own decisions by someone helping you get there. And I think that's such a beautiful symmetry with what you're doing, the synchronicity with what you've gone through in your life and trying to connect and have that real bond of authenticity. What you're doing is you're teaching other people how to do that within themselves. Yes, absolutely. And we're all one, as you said. So we get to each one, we get our own experiences with it. I, I want to thank you for coming on. I want to ask you this. If you were a spirit animal, which spirit animal would you be and why? And if you want me to do, I can go first. I always, I have a visual here because one of my best friends, my best friend, Megan, she has a spiritual shop. Oh, wow. Owl. So the reason I say that, she just gave me that recently. My best friend has a metaphysical stop here, shop here in Tampa. We're both on the other show together. And I was telling her how, I told her a story how at the end of my show, sometimes I ask people about their spirit animals. Mm -hmm. I always gravitate to owl because I have two parrots. I grew up with a parrot. Birds are amazing to me. They're highly intelligent beings. Plus, where who I am as an attorney, as a psychic and intuitive myself, 
I'm all about wisdom and I, I'm on a quest for that. That's why I do my show. I gained so much wisdom from talking to you today. And I love being able to, to like look back on my episodes and reflect. It's like somebody who paints paintings and they put them up in an art gallery. For me, the show is, it's like individual portraits of people at a different place in time, sharing these yeah. notable experiences. So that's why I like being a spirit animal as an owl. Wow. I hadn't thought about being a spirit animal, but the first thing that popped into my mind was a tortoise. <laughs> I I think just because they, they take their time and they live a long time. So they aren't really quick to, to do much, but they have seen a lot and they have experienced a lot. And I, I just imagine that these days I'm here and I'm like, I would say stuck inside, but I stay inside and I feel like I'm not going anywhere, but I am creating something and it's a slow process, but it is going. And this is just like having this conversation with you. It's just kind of confirmation that what I'm doing, somebody sees my work. Even the person that hasn't even seen me before sees my work and sees who I am. And I think that probably fits. Absolutely. It's interesting you say that because I looked at your stuff and reviewed your information for the show. And I was like, thoroughly impressed. I try to put myself in the shoes of my guests and a lot of my guests come on and they do a lot of, of adversity or challenges. And when I put myself in your shoes and see what you're doing, I'm like, kudos <laughs> it, 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 in my own way to say that to you, like the respect to you is off the charts. And I can't, I got goosebumps. Like, I can't wait to see what you're doing next. Keep that creative flair going for yourself. Get on as many of these shows as you can. Get your message out there. Perfect it. Get your book going. If, if there's anything you could do when you're alone right now, write that book. Because when you're in the relationship that I see coming up for you in the future, you're going you're gonna to be busy and you're going to want to write this book because your, book ha- your voice matters yes. in more ways than you realize. Not just a podcast episode, not just a website, a cool title, but the reality of your voice for reaching people. <laughs> It's enormous in our digital age. So I would say keep up the work, keep moving ahead, keep moving yourself, keep going for sure. I I couldn't put any other words on that to say that to you. I do want to thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your, your personal story and your message because you've opened my eyes to some things that before our episode, I wondered about. And now I get to see with clarity the situation fully and through your example. So thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me, Jason. Again, we'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Yeah. I just want to thank Lee for coming on the show today. It's important to have these conversations. It's important to have trailblazers, notable people who come on and share their personal experiences and how they take adversity and make it into this amazing inspiration. Maintaining meaningful friendships and relationships. We all were lonely during the pandemic. God, if I look back on the last two years of my life, it's a blur. I keep saying, oh my God, I'm 46. And I'd like to say I'm 43 turning 44, but I'm not. And the reality is we're all two years older. As we go through these experiences, I will say a few things. One, my personal experience with being an intuitive psychic is with all the downloads I get over the years is we're all spiritual beings living in physical bodies. And if you break that down and think about it for a minute, what does that mean? If you're in traditional religion, you think of the soul. And if you're in the circles I delve in, you think of spirit. And when you think of spirit, Think of us as, and I'll do this in a real simplified way. We just crossed over with Easter. I explain it as such. Think of the Cadbury egg. If any of you have had Cadbury eggs during Easter and you have that hard outer shell, that's our physical bodies, at least the way I would understand it. When you crack open the egg, you got the gooey stuff inside that many of us like to have. That's the spirit. And if you think about it, 
just like you wouldn't judge your Cadbury egg by what's inside of it, what's outside of it. You're not going to judge individuals who are all spiritual beings inhabiting these vehicles called our physical bodies. And if you boil it down to that, it, it makes no sense how we can't understand one another, how we can't get each other, what our differences and our, they're really not differences. We are all the same, like we said during the interview. So we're all spirit. And if you think of it that way, then transgender stuff should be just like anything that we learn to accept, love, appreciate, and support. And I encourage our audience to do all that. Listen to this episode, share it with your friends, check out Lee's website, patternsofpossibility.com forward slash more possibility. I'm just so happy to have this topic today. It's really made my day. I, I want us to focus on these different situations in life. And there'll be more of these types of episodes in the future. But keep in mind, when you think of Lee, just think of all the things that he's been able to do and overcome. And he still has a good two parts of his life left to go. If he's on page 40 of his book, for example, there's another chapters that are going to be written that are going to be in his life where he's going to help a lot of people. So look at this stuff with an open mind. After we've all been through these two challenging years, the least we could do is extend love and support to one another. Thank you so much. Stay positive. When you're positive, anything's possible. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electric acid. Electric acid.